Well, welcome everyone to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Leidig, the handsome young toy jet uh, guy up in the upper right-hand corner. <laughs> everyone deserves to have their own custom pop, I'm just saying. But anyway, um, welcome to another show. Uh, we've been covering a lot of really random topics, and I promise that this week is no exception. Um, I always approach the show every week with just kind of a ear to the road, so to speak, just kind of listening, meditating, whatever, to see where I should go next and what I should talk about or whatever. So I truly never know for sure what the topic is going to be, hence the name unscripted until maybe sometimes the day before, usually the day before. Sometimes the morning of. Sometimes I get a great idea and then I promptly forget it, which is what happened this week. And then I remembered again, so it's all good. Um, but that's kind of the method to my madness, if you will. Um, I always appreciate feedback and input. And I know early on, many of you contributed to a really great list of uh, possible topics, which I do refer to from time to time. Uh, so thank you for that. And I'm always open uh, to more. And uh, there's some topics, obviously, that I have no experience in or expertise in. Not that I'm afraid to talk about them uh, or explore them further, because uh, I love that. I love exploring. But um, I try to stick to topics that I at least have some experience with uh, or that I've spent time exploring, as I mentioned, uh, or having guests on, which I've only had one guest so far, but there are more coming, I promise. Uh, so anyway, what came to me this week, uh, whenever we, uh, I was thinking about what to share, uh, was a series of experiences that I had. But before I get into those, I thought I would just kind of lay out some foundation uh, as many of you know, or most of you know, if you've been following the show at all, I grew up in a pretty hardcore Christian household. Um, started off fairly early uh, involved in the Church of God, um, which was the denomination that I grew up in most of my childhood anyway. And then uh, into First Church of God and all of that. But my parents were also very much involved in charismatic circles. So uh, Kenneth Copeland, or Kenneth Copeland, Jerry Seville, uh, Kenneth Hagan, you know, all of those guys. And so that was my exposure and foundation up until my early 20s. Uh, actually, a little bit later than that, probably mid-20s. And so I remember... Like, certainly, whenever I would get up to go to high school and even later on um, going to work before I uh, moved away from home, um, I would wake up every morning and there would be some sort of a teaching tape on, usually uh, Kenneth Copeland. That was my dad's favorite. And uh, whenever I got home and we had dinner, there was teaching tapes on. So it was just this a constant input of uh, 
well, for lack of a better way of saying it, constant input of data, but is much more than that. And, you know, I, I'm really grateful for having that childhood and having, you know, having exposure to, to all of that. But I was also very much um, one who tended to question everything and uh, drove my parents insane at times <laughs> because they didn't really know how to answer me or how to respond, you know. And, uh, but I couldn't help it. I was, I was curious. Um, I've never been a status quo kind of person. And, uh, I don't know. I can't really explain why I was wired this way. I'm sure it's probably genetic, but, um, like I've never been one to, to take something based upon the reason of, because I said so, or that's just the way it is. I, I mean, I guess I should have maybe grown up to become an investigative reporter. I'd probably made a damn good one, actually. But um, I, I just wanted to understand why. Like, I had this compelling drive ever since I was a kid to want to understand the secrets of the universe. And it sounds cute, you know, as a desire for a child... Uh, but quite frankly, that desire has never gone away. I mean, I'm still very much like that. Um, and, uh, sorry, uh, but that's, I'm always going to be that way, you know? So as long as you're exposed to me, you know, and hang out with me, um, I'm probably gonna always wonder, you know, what else is out there. And the good news is that I've started figuring some things out. I've discovered some things, but the only uh, way that I was really able to discover anything um, was to question everything. And that is extremely scary. Um, it can be very risky uh, because uh, people who are unwilling to question everything um, will question you. They may not question anything else, but they will question you. And especially if you're asking questions that you're not supposed to ask. And, um, and so I had a bit of a quandary, you know, that I found myself in because on the one hand, I didn't just want to believe something blindly, but, um, I also had a very strong connection to, spiritual things and unexplained things and all of the above, you know, as you know, here we are, I think show number 13. Uh, so I've talked a lot about a lot of topics from aliens and ghosts to you name it. And so I'd like to say that as I've gotten older and supposedly wiser, that that has lessened, but if anything, it's increased. And, um, I just decided several years ago, you know what, I'm just, this is who I am and I'm going to embrace it. And if other people are offended or they don't like it or whatever, then yay, they get something else that they get to work through uh, because I'm okay with it. You know, now you probably noticed it for those of you, especially who have followed me for years, that a lot of the things that I've talked about on this show, I just never talk about. Uh, and there's good reason for that. Um, from a business perspective, um, 
I am very much all-inclusive, accepting, whatever. You know, I don't care if you're a Catholic or an atheist. I don't care if you are a Democrat or Republican. I don't care if you love broccoli or hate it. Um, it's not my place to dictate what you choose to believe. That's not my role. Okay? There's a lot of other folks and groups who believe it is their role. Um, but... We are all here on this planet experiencing our own unique individual journey. So who the hell am I to dictate what your journey should look like? You know, whether it's, you know, spiritual or food or personal beliefs or whatever. Okay. Um, it's not my place. So you'll never see me write anything on Facebook or anywhere else that uh, is divisive. Why would I do that? first of all, as a human being, second of all, as a business owner, you know, I mean, I have uh, people on my list who love our current president. I have other people on, on my list who hate our current president. So why would I want to pick sides? Yes, I have my own personal beliefs and views and feelings about that and pretty much everything else. But you know, I'm not going to divide my customers, my friends, uh, people that I associate with based on their choices. It's their choice, just like it's your choice. So I may not agree with it. I may not embrace it, but I would rather choose to walk alongside everyone else as fellow human beings uh, and celebrate their choices rather than me uh, step up onto um, a throne or whatever you want to call it and say this is how it's got to be because it's what I believe. Like, that's just ridiculous. So I fully accept the fact that different things that I share, um, not everyone's going to agree with. It would be impossible, actually. Like, if there's more than one other person here, chances of you agreeing with everything I share are like astronomical. And so I've accepted that. I've also accepted that, you know, um, there are going to be people who take what I share and judge me for it. And maybe they don't feel that they can support me anymore or whatever. Um, or, again, your choice. Um, I'm not here to dictate to you what you should or shouldn't think about my own personal views. But, just please remember that that is the case. They're my personal views based on a lot of exploration and experience. One thing that you can count on from me is that A, I'm a straight shooter. Um, B, I'm not here to mess with your head and just make shit up. You know, C, if I've come to a conclusion, it's after a lot of them personal soul searching. It doesn't mean that I'm quote-unquote correct or right. It's just my personal experience right now as of 2018, subject to change at any given moment. Okay, so that's kind of where I am with it all. Um, and uh, I've had some really, really hardcore beliefs uh, in my life that, you know, I just flat out, this is how it is, and here I am years later and the very thing that I never imagined that I would even consider 
all of a sudden I'm considering. Um, and I think it's very healthy. It's very healthy for us to question everything. Whenever I was a co-pastor at our church years ago, one of the things that I constantly told our parishioners is don't base your faith on what we're telling you from the pulpit or even from the Bible. Base your faith based on your own personal exploration and research. You know, question everything. I told them constantly, question everything. Just because I'm saying it here from the pulpit doesn't make it true. Question it, find out for yourself. Problem is that we all tend to be lazy and we tend to believe what everyone else believes because it's easy. It's tough to walk against the current. Um, unless you just choose to say, you know what, the current don't matter. You know, I'm just going to go with my own current. Um, and so I still very much believe that. Um, you know, there's been different comments at different times over the weeks of me sharing this. Like, I can't believe you X, Y, Z. You know, or how could you walk away from this or that? Or why on earth would you believe whatever? I Because I do. <laughs> you know, that's my explanation. That's just how it is. And today's subject is uh, one of those. That's why I'm kind of laying this foundation. It's one of those topics that I never thought I would even consider. Um, and so whenever I was growing up, uh, one there were a number of topics that were absolutely off limits as far as um, the church or anything like that. And there was justifications for it, of course. Um, and one of those topics was reincarnation. And uh, reincarnation was very much seen as an occult kind of topic. And, um, you know, it was the devil. And so any kind of experiences or memories or anything like that was from the devil. And um, you should run away because, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, you know, uh, something to the effect of this is Tony paraphrase you know is given unto men once to die and then the judgment or something to that fact and so that verse and a few others was used to justify the fact that reincarnation can't happen because if we die once we're judged we go to heaven or hell and boom the end of the journey the problem that I had with it even though I believe that taught it all of that um, but the, the underlying problem that I had personally with it that always haunted the back of my mind was that if we're here on this planet to grow spiritually, which really is our journey here, we're here to grow, we're here to mature, we're here to figure shit out, right? Um, and so if that's our if that's our whole purpose of being here, yet we're eternal beings, Right, We're told that we're eternal beings and that we'll live after uh, we're gone, um, you know, from this planet after we die. How fair is it exactly for us to figure out our eternity for an eternal being based on 30, 50, 70 years of existence? Right? Like, it seems ludicrous from an eternity perspective, uh, especially folks or people or, you know, beings, for lack of a better way of saying it, who die as children 
or die at birth or, you know, at 17 or 21 or whatever. Like, how is that in the grand scheme of fairness fair? You know, for us to figure it out in 50, 60, 70 years. I'm 56 and I'm grateful that I've been able to figure a lot of things out, you know, that I got past a lot of my own crazy and figured some things out. Some people may argue that, but, but nonetheless, I mean, you know, but like that part of the dynamic, that part of the equation, I never quite understood. Uh, couldn't get it. And the other part was that we're, we're told that we're eternal beings. And I believe that, that, you know, we go on after so that whenever we die, you know, we're classically told that whenever we die, we go to heaven or hell based on the life that we lived and based on whether we professed certain things and believed in certain people. Um, but you notice that nobody ever talks as, from the perspective of us, of us being eternal beings. No one really talks about what we did before we got here. Everybody always talks about what happens after we leave, but no one talks about before, you know? The closest that the Bible comes is, you know, the scripture that talks about, you know, I knew you in your mother's womb. Okay, so I was already conceived then, if, you know, and I believe that. Um, I was already conceived then. So what was I doing, you know, a year before I was conceived? What was I doing a thousand years? If I'm an eternal being, like what was I doing a thousand years before I showed up? Or did, was my soul, spirit, whatever you want to refer to it as, created at the moment of conception? Like that was it. And from that point on, I'm an eternal being, right? Or does it get chalked up to doesn't matter? You know, that question doesn't matter. What really matters is what you choose to do with your life. Um, you know, it's that's really an escape. It's a dodge. And so my brain, even as a child and teenager, constantly thought about that stuff, certainly even as an adult, even while, you know, I was a youth pastor, church pastor, all of that. Uh, it just didn't add up to me. And so several years ago, I was reading a book that talked about this psychologist guy who set out to, um, well, he, he was very much a believer in his method, you know, and um, had this patient who uh, was struggling with some very real issues. And uh, through working with her in a number of sessions, made a, an interesting discovery that went against everything that he believed. And uh, so I heard about this book and bought it, started reading it uh, in pure skepticism. Like, this has got to be BS, but I'm curious. And that book was um, called Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss, Dr. Brian Weiss. And it's about past life regression and um, 
reincarnation. And I went into it as an absolute skeptic, like not even a skeptic, like this isn't real, but I really want to hear what he has to say, blah, blah, blah. And by the time I finished the book, I realized that a lot of what he said challenged everything that I was taught, everything that I grew up with, everything that I believed. And I didn't know how to feel about it. You know, I mean, whenever you are willing to question everything or at least consider the possibility, like I said in one of the previous shows, what if everything you, uh, you, what if you found out that everything you believed about God or any other topic was wrong? Like, what if you found that out? What if you found out that it actually wasn't God at all? It was aliens. You know, what if? Uh, and so this is one of those things where as I read what he shared about past life regression and all that kind of stuff, there were parts of it that actually made sense to me. Like for the first time, I was like, you know, that does explain some things that I wondered about. Um, and so I, I decided to not make up my mind, but to explore more. I'm very much uh, an experimenter, explorer, whatever. And so I determined that at some point, whenever the opportunity presented itself, I had to try this. You know, I had to do like a past life regression. Because, I mean, I had had dreams and stuff like that, but I didn't really know what they meant. You know, like I had some very vivid dreams um, that were just beyond a typical dream. Like I was remembering things and experiences that I couldn't explain. Like uh, this one time I had this crazy, crazy dream that I was like a Mexican drug lord or something. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Um, I saw the, I saw what I did and I was not a nice person uh, in this dream, um, you know, killing families and all kinds of stuff. Ultimately, I got caught up to by the CIA, and they pretty much put an end to me, execution style. Um, but it was a very vivid, crazy dream. Actually, never shared that public before. Um, but nonetheless, and then there was this other time where um, I remember running along a French countryside, and it was, I don't remember the exact what the exact year was or anything like that. I know that it was a ways back. And there was this girl who was like the love of my life in this dream. And uh, I was going off to war. I don't know what war. Um, and uh, I remember very clearly being in this field and I was walking down a hill and I told her that I would write and all this kind of stuff, which I did for a while. And later the letter stopped and uh, they stopped because I had been killed in battle. And so I had these dreams that I couldn't explain. And, you know, they just felt like they were more than just dreams to me. But again, I didn't know. So I was speaking at an event in Austin probably eight or nine years ago. Um, Pat O'Brien was hosting an event called uh, Unseminar, which he had several, and I would go there and talk on public domain stuff, of course. And uh, one of the um, attendees who was there, one of the gal uh, women who was there, was uh, an expert in past life regression. 
And so I found this out and I'm like, okay, you totally got to do this. Like we got to do this. And, uh, so she agreed. And, um, so she put me through the paces and the whole time, like, as she's trying to get me to relax and like, I've never been to my knowledge hypnotized. Um, and, uh, I always saw myself as too intelligent for that, but I don't think it has anything to do with it quite frankly. And, uh, so anyway, she had me, you know, sitting in this chair or something, I forget. And, you know, she's putting me through the normal paces to, um, you know, to regress me, to get me, into this uh, hypnotic state and the whole time I'm sitting there I'm thinking this isn't working <laughs> you know it's like it ain't working it ain't working well okay so I guess I know either a this just doesn't work for me or B it doesn't work or whatever um, but all that I knew was that it didn't work it wasn't working the next thing that I know I'm standing in a prison and I'm lamenting about all that's been lost. And I was a Native American chief in this prison thinking about how my people had been decimated, um, wiped out, my family was gone, and I was in prison. And the thoughts were like they were my own the uh, feelings were overwhelming just overwhelming um, like I could literally feel what this dude was feeling uh, it was intense uh, I'm crying and all this kind of stuff and um, it was affecting me so much that she actually pulled me out of it and shifted, shifted me um, into another scenario and now all of a sudden, I am talking before like the Greek Senate or something, <laughs> like I'm in Greece or whatever, and I'm talking to this whole group of people and I'm trying to persuade them that we need to go to war with this other group. Uh, and I was convinced that I was right. You know, we got to do this and I gave all the reasons why and some people agreed with me, other people did not. And ultimately, the, uh, the vote was that we were not going to go to war. And most of them turned against me and all of this kind of stuff. And then the scene flashed to much later in my life. And I was talking to a friend of mine who I just felt like I intuitively knew that he was also one of my current day friends and uh, I was lamenting to him in this conversation about how wrong I was that in the moment I was uh, back years ago there I was lobbying to go to war with this group and I felt honestly believed that it was the right thing to do later on um, I realized that I was wrong in that and that we actually became great allies with this group and I haven't done a lot of historical research to pinpoint exactly what, you know, what this was or anything, just to qualify that. Um, and I was lamenting to him how wrong I was and how could I have been so blind to misunderstand the necessary steps. And 
you know, he shared with me about how is part of my learning process, part of my growth process. And so this scene played out for a while and, and then it shifted again, you know, at the guidance of this gal. And this time I ended up in a situation where I was a woman, not a man, uh, which was very unfamiliar and unusual. And I was a nurse and we were in this big outdoor hallway kind of thing. And there was another woman there with me and she was laying down and her head was in my lap and she was dying and I knew it. And there was nothing I could do to stop it. And <clears throat> so all that I chose to do, I don't know the time frame or anything like that or where it was or anything, but all that I could do was just encourage her and hold her until she crossed over, which is what I did. Um, and then I snapped out of all of it, like wide awake, except that I remembered everything as clearly as if I had lived it. I remember it that clearly today. And it was quite the interesting experience. Um, it really had a huge impact on me because not so much because of the experience itself um, and the realness of it, which I'll talk about in a minute, but it was the lessons that were there. Um, at the time that this was going on, I was uh, really, or whenever I had this experience, uh, was shortly after my dad had passed, and um, I was really struggling to find my place. Um, I didn't even know what that looked like. Um, you know, I was kind of like looking to redefine who I was as a person, or even discover. Like, I thought I knew, but I didn't. And, uh, and so this didn't necessarily help, but yet it did because it brought up some very interesting questions that highlighted some of my struggle and the struggle was, and what came out of that experience was that, you know, I've often been seen as a leader for a lot of my life. And yet there were these things that were beyond my control, uh, in these lifetimes but each progression I had, my response was different. Um, from the native chief to the Greek orator to, to the, <clears throat> excuse me, to the nurse. Same scenario, but different response. Now, you can easily ask the question, was it real? Did I really live those lives? Or was it, <clears throat> excuse me, was it part of my unconscious mind or subconscious mind making shit up based on life experiences? Was it that? Was it me somehow tapping into the collective consciousness of humanity and plugging into allegories or metaphors? Um, the short answer is, I don't know. I mean, you can't exactly go back and prove, although some people have, um, I can't go back and prove that I was definitely a Native American chief. 
it would actually make a lot of sense. Um, but I can't prove that. I don't even know who the dude was that I saw. And so am I him reincarnated? I have no clue. Um, and it doesn't matter, ultimately. And I'll explain why. So, whether it was a mind trick or real memory of a former life, ultimately, it doesn't matter. And the reason why it doesn't matter is based upon something else that I believe. And what I believe is that we are here on a progressive journey to learn and to grow. That's why we're here, to grow up. You know, um, we each have our own struggles that we face, that we deal with, whatever. Some are seem more challenging than others. You know, like I've never been one for addiction. Um, you know, like I tried to be an alcoholic. I tried to smoke cigarettes, all that kind of stuff. And it just wouldn't stick. I mean, no matter how hard I tried, I just could not get addicted. <laughs> and so... So I don't smoke at all. I don't do drugs. I don't, you know, I have a great alcohol cabinet, uh, liquor cabinet, whatever you want to call it. Never drink it. Um, I enjoy drinks, wine, whatever, but I don't need it. I could take it or leave it, you know. Chocolate may be a different conversation, although I haven't really been eating that either. So I don't know. Um, but we're all here to learn something. I think you'll agree. We're here to learn something, to figure some things out. And so if that's true, and for me personally it is, then for me to view former versions of myself, let's just say for the sake of discussion that it is just my soul in different bodies and in, in different incarnations. Let's say that that's true. Okay. If... Uh, if that was me back then, and here I am now, then we would love to think that perhaps I figured a few things out between then and now, right? So why on earth, if I'm more progressed in my spiritual journey or whatever journey now, why on earth would I want to get stuck back then? Because I'm not as evolved. I haven't figured more things out back then compared to where I am now. At least that should be the theory, right? And that's given the fact that time is linear and blah, blah, blah. Okay? Which time is not linear, but still. You would think that if I've lived 20 lifetimes, that Tony, you know, 20.0 is better than Tony 2.0. So, um, from that logical perspective, um, I don't think it matters. Now, from a historical context perspective, it's curious as hell. You know, like for me as the adventurer, the explorer, Tony, um, the more I understand or know about all that kind of stuff, like it, like I've had this long, long time since that somehow I was in Egypt. You know, it'd be cool to think that I was a pharaoh, probably just a slave, who the hell knows. But, I mean, I just have this natural draw, and I, it's beyond what I can explain. Does that mean that, that I was, you know, living back in Egypt back in the day, whenever that was? 
I don't know. But how cool would it be to think about history from a first-person perspective? Okay, so now history isn't just something that we read about on the internet or in a book or whatever. It's actually something that we lived multiple times in different eras, uh, something that we experienced. And now here we are today. That part intrigues me. Is it actually true? Don't know. You know, I don't know. Um, I know that we're incredibly powerful beings. Um, there's a lot more to us than any of us understand. It's been shown that we're using less than 10% of our mental capacity. Um, so what's the other 90% doing? And if you do any study on DNA at all, which I do, you know that they can trace our uh, mother and father lines back thousands and thousands of years, right? The direct line, Y chromosome, you know, mitochondrial DNA, uh, you know, you get into those things. They can trace back, for crying out loud, who you're related to a couple thousand years ago. So if we're designed physically that way, is it that far of a stretch to think that spiritually we're designed the same way? That there's like a spiritual genetics to us? Um, and which leads us then into, if there is, yes, let's just say that there is, then does that mean that we have genetic memories, that we have spiritual memories, that somehow when in this return to life, some of that passed forward? These are all, I would say, fringe discussions, but there's an overwhelming and growing amount of evidence that says that it's true. I mean, whenever you have a skeptic, which is what Dr. Weiss was before he went on this journey of where he is today, he didn't believe any of it. He was a skeptic. He set out to prove it wrong, except that it didn't work out that way. And um, and so after you have multiple people, multiple doctors who interview thousands upon thousands of people and the exact same result keeps coming back over and over and over again, uh, there's there comes a point in time where you have to look at empirical evidence and say, there could be something to this, and maybe what I believed was wrong. So where I've landed on all of this is, A, it could be real. It could be true. There could be something to it. It actually makes sense. B, does it have any impact on my current life? Not directly, but perhaps indirectly. I mean, I've heard and read stories of people who have, you know, fear of water that's unexplainable or whatever, and then they're later regressed and come to find out that they drowned in a former life or they were choked in a former life, and so now they don't like things around their neck or whatever. Like, that actually makes sense to my scientific brain. Like, that makes sense. The other thing of you're here in this planet for 50 years, and if you don't figure your shit out, you're going to hell. Like, that makes zero sense to me especially from a loving God perspective. Like, that makes zero sense. That's just, from my personal perspective, that's just stupid. It's like a cop-out. Like, come on, let's have an intelligent conversation about this. Like, it just makes no sense to say that. That's where I am now, even though I used to say it. 
And so I have no problem admitting that I'm probably, you know, I was, my former views were wrong compared to where I am today. Are they wrong for you to believe that? It's your choice. So I'm not here to make you right or wrong. I'm just telling you what I believe. And so, like, would I have this conversation with my mom? <laughs> no. That's a very safe answer to say. I would not. Because she very much believes what she believes. And there are times where I'll say something and she'll respond with, Tony, you weren't raised that way. You know? And there were some actual, like, serious... We've had some serious family crisis conversations, you know, where her and my sister and all of that would have come to Jesus talks to me about certain things that I've concluded or believed or was researching or whatever. And I would always respond with, look, you know, um, we're each unique, right? Yes. We're each on our own journey that can't be experienced by anybody else other than ourselves, right? Right. So who are you to say that I'm wrong based on your journey? Um, like, I know that it goes against what I was taught and raised with. I know that it goes against what you believe. I'm sorry about that. Maybe I'll discover that that's what I believe too, what you believe. Maybe I'll discover that I don't believe that. But it's my choice. It's my choice to believe it. It's my choice to accept it. It's my choice to question it. And so they seem to be fine with that. But there's been times where I've had some strange things happen. I think I've shared some of them before, like where my grandmother showed up and gave me a message for my mom. And I'm like, this ain't going to go well. <laughs> you know, my mom does not believe in, you know, like when you die, you go to heaven or hell. Like you're not floating around the planet anymore, much less giving messages to your grandson. Um, right? So, um, but yet her response just blew me away because she was like, yeah, I know she's been around me and I know that, you know, I believe what you're telling me is true. And I'm like, hold on a minute. Who are you and what did you do with my mother? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So my point is that, uh, as we open up ourselves to the possibility of what if, which I've talked about a lot, what if, um, it's kind of interesting to see what really could come of our belief system. I mean, imagine if there are certain things that you're holding on to from a belief perspective that's actually preventing you from becoming who you're really called to be. You know, and just taking a position of not a 360 or 180 or whatever you want to call it, you know, not a, a 180 degree turnaround. Um, but rather just open yourself to the possibility of what if. Play that game. You know, I wonder what would happen if. Uh, maybe it is true. Maybe it isn't. But ultimately, again, for me, um, I am not a big fan. I've shared it before. I am not a big fan of living in the past, of looking back at the past. I You can't change the past. Um... The only thing that you can change is your reaction to the past. How you experience 
the past in your current life, how you allow it to impact your current life. That you can change. So in essence, you are rewriting the past, sort of, but not. So maybe I was a drug lord. Maybe I was a Greek order. Maybe I was a Native American chief. Um, that's awesome. That's kind of cool. You know, I'd love to learn more. It'd be awesome to see life from their perspective. I've always wanted to be able to travel back in time. You know, I've said many, many times, you know, first thing I'm going to do when I get to heaven is go to the library and start taking out DVDs, you know, because I want to see what happened at different points in time. Um, but how crazy would it be just to finally realize, you know what, we don't have to take out the DVDs because we actually live that we just don't remember. But as far as I, uh, who I am today, constantly looking back isn't going to help me get forward. My dad was an expert at looking back because of, you know, everything he experienced as a child and how he came into the world and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so he never truly moved past that. And I saw how that affected him as a person. I saw how it affected me as a person being his son. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I question so much. I don't know. Um, hasn't gone away, so it's not like I can be inoculated against it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's that. But anyway, it's something to think about. But just to reiterate again, I'm not here to convince you whether reincarnation is real or not, or past lives are real or not. It's not my job to convince you. It's actually your job to find out. Maybe you don't care. I'm cool with that. Maybe you want to believe what you've been taught in church and you believe it sincerely and wholeheartedly. I'm not here to, I have no problem with that. <clears throat> okay. I have no problem with it whatsoever. But what I do have a problem with is when anyone lives blindly and just lives life on autopilot without questioning anything, without exploring or wondering why they're here, or just taking the easy way out and say, well, that's what my grandmother believed, that's what my mom believed, so I believe the same thing. Like, that's not, to me, that's not good enough. You know, we're called to be so much more than that. And so it's just not good enough to autopilot. And like the uh, phrase sheeple comes out for a reason. There's a reason why that's even a, a thing. People called sheeple. Because we tend to just follow, you know, humanity follows. I'm reading a series of books right now. <clears throat> One I've read before, another I'm is same author earlier book. And um, I'm probably going to talk about it in a couple of weeks because uh, it's it's been kind of like a lifelong curiosity of mine um, on um, uh, crowd control and you know how to influence large groups of people and stuff like that. Um, and these are books that were written way, you know, almost a hundred years ago. 
but uh, as relevant today with social media and fake news as they ever were. Um, but what you discover uh, whenever you start studying people and crowd dynamics and you know uh, belief in what we tend to believe, um, the majority of people go with the flow. They do what they're told to do. Um, that's why there is such a thing as fake news, you know, because the powers that be understand how that works. All right, they understand the dynamics of it. They understand how they can publish something and say that it's true and give it enough time to cook and simmer, even though they know that it wasn't true, and then later publish um, a withdrawal or a correction and say, I'm sorry, we were misinformed, blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares about that. Nobody will read that. Nobody will remember the retraction. What they remember is what they read, the video that they saw, whatever. That's what they remember. Okay? And so it's important to understand those dynamics and apply them to everything in your life, which is why I always say question everything. Question me. I have no problem with it. Question everything that I tell you. Doesn't make it so. Except when I'm teaching on the public domain. I know what I'm talking about. So don't question me there. <laughs> or any of the other topics that I teach on. I teach on those because I'm an authority on them. You know, I like I practice what I preach. I work with public domain all the time. I'm an expert photographer, blah, blah, blah. You know, so I know what I'm talking about on those topics. You can still question everything. I have no issue one way or the other. Uh, do your own research. I'm cool with that. But it's just some food for thought, okay? Something to think about. Now, will I personally ever uh, have another past life regression done? I don't know, maybe. I mean, it's not like something I'm actively out searching for. Um, but I'm certainly open to it. Um, it's just like um, Elaine, who I had on here you know, several weeks ago, I love her to pieces. Uh, I absolutely believe in what she does and all of that. But do I make my life choices based on phone calls or visits to Elaine to see what the cards are saying and then me make a decision? No, I make my own damn decisions. You know, all of that stuff, right or wrong, good or evil, whatever you want to call it, all that it does is confirm that we're on the right path that's all that it's meant to do it's not meant to like it's not my guiding choice you know I already know what I'm supposed to do just like you do uh, very often we may not like it we may not completely see it we may not completely agree with it but deep down we know it's when the signs start showing up the 11s that we keep seeing over and over again or the fours or we see all these road signs or signs as we're driving and they all say the same damn thing over and over and over again. You know, that's when it becomes the whisper to the storm kind of scenario like is in the Bible, you know. Um, it's just we have to learn how to pay attention and stay tuned in. And that's where I can see value in, you know, what we were talking about today. Ultimately, it's all data that's hopefully going to get us in the direction that we want to go to and that is to evolve to become a better person spirit whatever 
you know. Now, here's another question. Just popped into my head. So, if reincarnation is real and we did actually have past lives, does that mean that maybe in a former life we could have been an animal? Don't know. Although I suspect that it could be because there's a lot of people that I met that I've met in my life that I'm pretty sure at some point they were jackasses. <laughs> that was a joke. Um, but seriously, I kind of doubt it, but who knows? Um, here's what I do believe, though. Um, and again, I have my reasons for believing it. You don't have to. Um, if we do indeed live other lives and we've lived other lives I'm I'm not convinced that they were necessarily all on this planet I think they could have been on other planets but again I don't remember I don't know it kind of like I've often thought about maybe you have too like why we don't remember you know if we did live former lives like, there are some children who can describe in incredible detail facts about who they previously were from a very, very early age, and it's impossible for them to have that information. Like, impossible for them to have that knowledge, but yet they describe it to a T. Information that only family members would have known. So whenever, and, and there's not just like one or two, there's literally thousands upon thousands of children with these experiences. And so, you know, looking at that as like, there's got to be something to this. It's insane if it isn't. And so same thing with living on other planets. You know, I've often thought it would, would have been incredibly foolish for God to build this planet, plan us on it, and then have all these billions of other planets and galaxies and stars and all of that in the entire universe just to stick us on this planet, this particular one, for 70 years. Like, it's just crazy to think that. Like, why the hell put them out there if we can't go to them? I mean, think about that. Why make billions of other planets if we can't go there? If we can't see them? Just so that you could write the scripture, you know, about Abraham saying that his seed will be like the stars of the sky. Come on. You know, like if that's the best that God has, like that, it really isn't a good reason, you know. But I'd like to believe that there's so much more beyond what we know or understand, because there really is, that it's possible. You know, now, just to take it to the weird level a little bit, does that also mean that if we did live previously on another planet, is it possible that we look like something other than humans? Don't know. But wouldn't it be cool? Maybe it's actually uncomfortable to be on Earth and live in this body. You know, maybe on another planet in a previous life, it was much less hindered, you know? Maybe we had six arms instead of two. I mean, that could be handy uh, in certain situations. Uh, but who knows? Like, we don't know. And I think there's a good reason for it. Um, whether it's God that engineered this or aliens, doesn't matter. The reason is that if we remembered all those lifetimes, it would drive us insane. 
it would actually work against our spiritual growth because we'd be stuck in all of those experiences. So it's actually a benefit for us to not remember whether, you know, given that it will just go with the theory that it is true. It's very beneficial that for the most part, we don't remember because it would drive us crazy. There's a lot of detrimental, you know, impacts. Uh, if we did remember, I mean, think about it. Like it'd be one thing if we only lived one life before. Okay, so that's one. You know, two lifetimes worth of memories, I can deal with that. But what if we lived 80 times? What if we lived a thousand times? Right? Can you imagine remembering all the life experiences of a thousand lifetimes at different locations around the universe? Different experiences, especially like if we were killed in some of those or you know, whatever. I mean, it would drive us insane. People would think we were crazy. Um, and so it's kind of a blessing, but you can't help but wonder. And therein is my challenge to you. You can't help but wonder. All right, so I am going to take a look here real quick at the uh, comments. There's a couple. Um, and then we'll wrap things up. Uh, Mavis asks, uh, do you have any thoughts on why past life regressions seem to involve past lives of people in positions of authority or some sort of erstwhile royalty? Yeah, that's a great question. I've often wondered that as well. Um, and the short answer is, I don't know. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why it does make me wonder. I mean, it's like, like how many people can actually believe that they were Cleopatra in a former life? Like that's true for one, if this is all real or not, but not for several. Um, and I mean, it isn't exactly badass to be like a commoner, you know, <laughs> but again, I mean, chances are that, that at some point, if it is indeed a thing, there's a good chance that we were, you know, that would be part of growth, right? To just live a normal eked out existence, you know, around 900 AD, hanging out in Scotland, you know, whatever. Um, probably not one of the Laird, <laughs> you know, chances are probably one of the dudes in the battles that are getting a sword run through them. So um, it's a great question. But I've noticed that also, you know, that when people have past life regressions and stuff, you know, just like me with a Cherokee chief now, or well, it wasn't Cherokee, it was a, another chief of some sort. But like, I didn't consciously or in an aware kind of sense invent that I was the chief. Like, it, that's just what I saw. And like, I could see through his eyes. Now, does it mean that I really was that chief? Don't know. I honestly don't know. You know? Um, same with the dude in, you know, in Greece, you know, same with the nurse, although nurse wasn't necessarily prominent. So, I mean, from that perspective, the argument could be made that it actually isn't real and it's just allegories that are tapping into, you know, our own unconscious or mass conscious, uh, mass unconscious, who knows? Ultimately to me, it doesn't matter one way or the other, um, 
but that's just what I believe. Um, Irene says, years ago I went to classes taught by a psychic who taught us about past lives. Each one of us stood in front of the class with a flashlight held under our chin. They saw a girl with blonde banana curls in the shadow around my face. I had no idea who that could have been until I visited uh, an old aunt who showed me pictures of my father's family many years ago. There was a girl with blonde banana curls who passed when she was a teenager from the flu epidemic. Freaky. That is freaky. I've never heard of that approach, but that's very, very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Mavis says, bumper sticker idea, don't live life on autopilot. Like, no kidding. Um, and Mark shares... I have come to think that if there is indeed another plane for our eternal self to hang out on before and or after our mortal excursion and we retain our individual uh, self selfliness when we are there, that it is so different fundamentally in all aspects that we no longer either have or can relate to the forces that drove us into our corporal forms. My thoughts push me towards living in, learning from the now as much as possible. I do not in any way think that my slant on this is concrete or fixed, but rather always a work in progress, ubiquitous in that it changes as my understanding and needs to. And I never rule out anything. The mere thinking of a thing I believe makes it a possibility on a quantum level, thoughts being things and all. <laughs> totally agree. Uh, I had a very interesting question with my mom about reincarnation or conversation about reincarnation that surprised both of us. Something I would have said would not have happened. Believe no secondhand info without due diligence while discounting nothing and living in the now as peaceful as possible. Yeah, that really is it. Living in the now, living in the moment. Um, I really appreciate you sharing that, Mark. Um, and that's another one of those lessons that I had to discover. Uh, just as it's tempting to stare back at history, it's also tempting to stare forward into the future. Not that we don't plan, okay? Because um, we do need to plan for the future. But one of the tough lessons that... I, it took me a while to figure out was how to live in the moment. And what helped me personally uh, get to that point was back in 2012, I made a decision to photograph the sky every day for a year, which I did. I did the entire year. And the reason why I did it was purely to force me to live in the moment, to be aware now. Because you constantly, I mean, whenever you're doing that, you have to pay attention to what's going on with the sky. Is there a cool sunrise? Is there an awesome sunset? You know, is there something else? Is it raining? You know, whatever. So you really have to live in the moment and live in the now. And so the end result of that year-long experiment was exactly what I hoped for. It made me uh, completely aware of the moment. And, uh, and it changed me permanently since then to uh to look at life differently and uh yeah it's very cool and the other thing that i really appreciate what you uh shared here mark is um where you said about um 
uh, after our moral, uh, mortal excursion and how things are so different fundamentally in all aspects. Um, so I've had uh, a couple experiences. I don't remember if I shared them on one of these shows or not, where um, like one comes to mind where one of my relatives appeared to my former wife. This is within the last couple years. I don't remember exactly when, a few years ago, and had a message for me, which she delivered to me. Um, but she asked them, she's like, why don't you just show up to him yourself? And uh, they told her, well, he he isn't in a position to hear us yet. And I thought, well, that's interesting because I'd like to think that I was, <laughs> you know. So what, you got to go to my ex-wife to give a message? Holy crap, like that's not good. Um, but then there was another time, and I think I shared this as well, where um, when my grandmother um, came to me with a message for my mom, um, I couldn't see her physically, but I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that she was there. Like I could feel that something was there. I could hear her in my head. You know, as if she was talking, I couldn't hear an audible voice, but like I knew it was her. And so I asked her this question, what's it like where you are? And she said, I can't tell you. And I said, oh, okay, I understand. She's like, you don't understand. She's like, she said, you have no frame of reference to understand anything that I would describe. So that's why I can't tell you. It's not that I don't want to. It's that you won't understand if I do. And so what you shared there, Mark, really reminded me of her saying that to me. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. You know, so now I just need to understand, <laughs> you know. Oh, interesting. Uh, Irene says... That was the flu epidemic in New York City around 1917. And my mom was born in 1917. Interesting. Uh, Frank asks, who did your regression? Um, I'd love to tell you. Honestly, I don't remember her name off the top of my head. She lives in Canada. I remember that much. Like Vancouver, I think. But I don't recall her name right now. Um, and Jess says, uh, somehow I think my former self was a passenger on the Titanic. It's very possible. <laughs> Thumper says, in the X-Files, the truth is out there. It is. Absolutely. Um, and Marion says, people are used to pay more attention to those in charge, so it probably makes a tale... Uh, were more likely to heed. Yeah, I mean, that was my experience that I think I shared before um, the one year on Black Friday at Target when everybody was in the long line uh, for Register 1 and all the other lines for the rest of the registers was short. And I went back and said, look, all the other lines are open. I don't understand why you're standing in this line. But nobody would listen to me because I wasn't wearing the Target vest. You know, I was wearing jeans and a t-shirt. So whenever I went up and got the manager and told her what was going on and she went back, 
she listened to her or they all listened to her but she had to literally tell them you go to line seven you go to line four you go to line one Uh, like she had to tell them what to do they wouldn't listen to me at all except for the one person who wasn't in the line she was just kind of wandering around and overheard me talking and she was like on it i mean she's like awesome thanks boom she was gone she's out of the store in five minutes you know so yeah you're definitely right marion Oh, interesting. Uh, Kathleen uh, shares, there was a psychologist who did hundreds of group regressions focused on different eras. She found that the memories people had worked out statistically like real life. Lots of peasants, mostly people of color, etc. Very cool. Um, And Marion says, uh, also we tend to seek out stories of people who took charge. So it makes a better story. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Tony says, if we could all remember one or two lifetimes back and that many have died in violence and wars, do you think we'd actually learn from history firsthand not to keep killing each other? Or would it be the way of life that it now seems? Uh, to be it's a you would love to think that we would learn and I think some people have learned Um, but I I can't help wonder if there's some folks who just don't want to you know like they're focused on the power grab no matter what no matter who it impacts anything you know I mean you could take this discussion that we're having and then look at like um you know some of the social elite you know like the shadow people that are really pulling the strings and ask those questions and you know that's where it kind of gets murky and i don't know i mean ideally i think what you said would be awesome but it certainly doesn't seem to be proving out that way, does it? So, I don't know. I mean, some people perhaps get it. Um, but, I don't know, man. Oh, this is very interesting. Um, Kathleen says, also, some regressionists have found that The superficial memories of prominent lives on further exploration turn out to be vicarious memories of servants. That makes sense. I had never thought about that angle before, but that actually makes a lot of sense. That's very interesting. Um, Mavis says, one of my lucid dreams was in answer to my question, what happens after death? My vision was very powerful and showed that our souls define our own versions of heaven, hell, and places in between. Um, I tend to believe that as well. Like, um, our belief system defines, like, we're still locked into that belief system whenever we depart this life. Um, And there's some reasons why I believe that some of the reading that I've done and research that I've done 
um, where people have died and come back from the dead and um, their stories don't align with a lot of popular um, religious texts uh, in some cases you know and so but yet you know you have a Native American person pass away and they're greeted by the great spirit um, you know you have a Buddhist pass away and they're greeted by Buddha or whatever and then Christians uh, so how like if it's if it's clearly clearly defined heaven or hell how on earth is a Native American guy who's been you know embracing his own native religion greeted by the great spirit like how's that even a thing and so my conclusion was kind of the same is that um, we're defining those experiences whenever we cross over now it doesn't mean that we necessarily stay locked into those experiences I think that there probably um, are higher level higher dimensional beings that work with us to help us shake free from that stuff or draw out the learning from that but you know, again, I don't remember. <laughs> I'll let you know in another 50 years or so. Uh, Kathleen says, some of us have experienced interaction with past lives as though they can sometimes sense our experiences now. Wow, that's pretty fascinating. There's a lot of great... <laughs> There's so much that we don't know or understand. I love it. Um, and Marian says, uh, when I came to believe in reincarnation, it was because it made so much sense and it made my life easier because I don't have to get everything done and done right in one lifetime. So you're seeing grace play a role in that. I can see that. That makes sense. <laughs> Kathleen says life as a working hypothesis. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, and Thumper shares, there is a theory that our DNA carries all our past memories from each side of the family. Therefore, by getting in tune with ourselves, we actually can re-experience all of these pasts. It's an interesting concept, for sure. Interesting. Um, Kathleen shares, and I think it's the last comment. Uh, there's a series of the Michael books. Uh, the premise there is that new souls arise all the time, not in chronological sequence. So on Earth, at any time, are brand new souls, baby souls, young souls, mature souls, and old souls. So you can't just expect maturity from a two-year-old. So just as you can't expect maturity from a two-year-old, you can't expect a baby soul to act like an old soul. I found it comforting. People are just what they are at their developmental stage. Um, I have to check those out. Those don't sound familiar to me, but I like that idea. That's actually one that I had not considered before. That... Um, but it, it actually makes sense from a nonlinear time perspective that if we are birthed into our first lifetime, this is a, a bit of a mind bender, uh, but I like it. So what if our first lifetime was in current 21st century 
and our second lifetime was actually in the 1700s. We tend to think linear, right? That if we lived our first life in Egypt and the second life, you know, maybe in 500 AD, then the third life, maybe 700 AD, and so far forward, we move forward all the time, that we think very linearly. But I never even thought about the idea of nonlinear lifetimes. Like, first life, first go at it is right now. You die and reincarnate as somebody back in the 1700s, and then in the 2200s and then back to 900 AD like why not I think science would actually support that but I never thought about that before so that's awesome I like it now you're gonna that's a rabbit hole that my brain can go down over and over and over again so now you you got me thinking very cool Mavis says, uh, another bumper sticker, life is a working hypothesis. And no kidding, that is a good bumper sticker. <laughs> Mark says, thanks, Tony. I've always enjoyed your thoughtful and thought-provoking rambles. You know, uh, we have to get together and shoot photos together again. Now, I think about that often. Uh, you and your brother maybe Chris and I have been looking for a good excuse to come down to Florida so maybe we need to visit the uh, the east coast if you're still there I think it'd be fun Kathleen says here's another mind blower something you can be reincarnated more than once in the same era Who knows? I mean, it's kind of hard to say yes, absolutely, but I love the possibility. Chris says, good stuff today. Thanks. Yeah, we'll definitely have to explore that, Mark. We'll see. Uh, oh, you're in the center of the state. Okay, awesome. I'm, I'm not having to look very hard, but you know, I've been wanting to get back to Orlando for the obvious reasons, you know, Disney World and <laughs> uh, Universal Studios and all of that. So maybe we can just pack everything together into a fun visit down there. Tony uh, shares, we'll just kind of wrap it up with this one. Um, a suggestion was made that mediums can only contact people for a few years while they are in the mid position, perhaps. Then they are not contactable as they are in their next life. Or, yeah, I'm going to guess that's contactable. That's possible. I mean, I, I firmly believe, only because of personal experiences, that whenever, like, it seems to me that when uh, folks die, they don't necessarily move on right away. I mean, there's been TV shows that hinted at that and all of that. Um, certainly not that they're an authority. Um, but I've had personal experiences that just seem to um, speak the contrary. Um, which is why, you know, the whole heaven and hell thing I really, really struggle with. 
I mean, you want to do an interesting study sometime, do a study on the origin of hell. Um, you don't have to dig as far back as you might think. And uh, what you may discover is that it's just a control mechanism. But we'll leave that for another conversation. Uh, anyway, um, cool, uh, cool, Kathleen. Thanks. I'll check that out. Uh, oh, perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you all very much for, um, for joining me today. Um, hopefully I've given you some food for thought and, uh, we'll reconvene here next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern. So enjoy the rest of your week, everyone.